Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, this is Dr. Faye. Once again, welcome to another edition of the Brown Sugar and Spice Show. Tonight we'll be talking with Dr. Jamie Williams for another session. Uh, this is part two, actually, in case you missed the first session. It was called Ain't None of Your Friends Business. But tonight we're going to fast forward into the cuffing season. Moving right along, we will be talking about cheating, infidelity, disloyalty, and with the, just basically when the trust is broken in a relationship. So it's going to be an exciting show for those of you who are out there listening. Once again, I appreciate you. Please call up 323-642-1753 to call in and discuss, you know, anything you want to talk about as far as cheating, how to rebuild your relationship. So without further ado, let me get Miss, I'm sorry, Dr. Jamie Williams on the line. Dr. Williams, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you doing this evening? I'm great. How are you, Dr. Faye? Good, good. Life is good. Of course, always busy. Keep moving in the fast lane. So um, once again, just a quick brief intro for our listeners, uh, for our new listeners who are just coming on to the show, uh, what it is that you do and um, how you kind of got started uh, into your profession. Absolutely. Uh, Again, my name is Dr. Jamie Williams, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I've been an LMFT for about 10 years now. I currently work on a military installation here in the state of Mississippi, love my job. I um, have a doctorate in basically marriage and family therapy and a master's in marriage and family therapy. So I've been doing this a while, and I, I love it. It's my passion. Truly feel like it's my calling. Excellent, excellent. Once again, thank you so, so much for coming on to the show. I know it's a bit late for you, but once again, I am so appreciative. So I would like to Absolutely. dive right Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I just want to dive right into the meat of the conversation. So let's, let's talk about infidelity and cheating and the significance of the relationship. Uh, so, how does a person rebuild their relationship after they found out their significant other has basically broken the bond, broken the trust of cheating? I think that depends on the couple, but of course, the main thing would be to rebuild the trust that has to be rebuilt in a relationship, and that comes in different ways. Different couples need different things. I will say if there, if the spouse that did not cheat 
feels like they cannot move forward, that they can't rebuild that trust, then they need to let it go because nothing's worse than trying to rebuild trust but being reminded of the infidelity, the incident over and over again. Um, I was reading some research on infidelity, and it sometimes says that the spouse that was cheated on experiences symptoms similar to PTSD that could be some hypervigilance, that could be, which is always wondering where that person is, what's going on, if they're really being trustworthy and having fidelity to the relationship, things like that. So if that spouse or partner can't move on, it's it's definitely a hindrance to rebuilding that trust, definitely a hindrance. So for the person who's on the fence, I mean, say, for instance, you, you've been invested in this relationship for a long time. You know, you may be married. You may not be married. You may have children with this person. Or, of course, you may not. And you're, you're on the fence. Your pride is telling you, hey, I'm hurt. I'm wounded. I'm done with them. Bump them. I'm out for the relationship. But at the same time, you don't want to let go because you have invested a lot in this person. Like, what advice do you have for the individual out there who may be listening who may possibly be dealing with that? I would say, first of all, that that person has got to evaluate the pros and cons of the relationship. You know, are you getting what you need from the relationship? Is this where you really want to be? Do you feel like this person is someone you could trust again, that any changes that you all discuss to make moving forward, this person will do that? Because everybody makes mistakes. And, can move forward from that, can truly say, hey, that was a one-time thing, I'll never do it again, and truly mean that, and truly spend however long they need to to rebuild that trust and to make it up to that person. But if this has been a chronic problem, which I do see a lot with couples, it's a chronic issue, especially when there are difficulties in the relationship or the marriage that other person tends to exit the relationship, either through emotional affairs or physical affairs or both. So I would say it just has to come down to some self-evaluation. Am I strong enough to make it through this? Is this something that I can move past, like I spoke earlier? And if it's not, then I would say that's probably the biggest factor. And, yes, I've been, you know, a lot of people will say I've been with this person for a long time. I've invested a lot of me a lot of my emotions and just mental time with this person. However, if you can't move forward, then it's a waste of everybody's time. So really some self-reflection, making sure this is where you want to be, making sure this is where the other person wants to be, Um, and being able to talk about those issues out loud and face-to-face and in person, if that makes sense, to move beyond what's going on. Because typically when there's infidelity involved, and not all the time, but typically there's a core issue going on that could be within the person that cheats, they are feeling insecure about them, or there's a trust factor for them, or there's just something going on, or there's something missing in the relationship that this person is going outside to seek. So tackling those core issues to be able to move on and and move forward. And you can't, a lot of times couples get comfortable. They settle. 
this is the only person I'm ever going to be with or I've been with this person 20 years, what's the point in moving on? But if you can't get past the infidelity or if it's not getting better, then what's the point? You, you're still miserable. You could be miserable alone, if that makes sense. So um, pretty much some of those ideas, I would say, definitely need to be done. So you hit on some very salient points um, that I want to address. So as far as, you know, the, the long-term couple who's been together 20 years, who's who they basically are comfortable with each other. They know each other in and out. They can probably finish each other's sentences, but yet they're bored. It's like, okay, I want, I want to try something new. How much does that contribute to a person stepping out of their relationship, you know, to get that thrill back, maybe to boost their self-esteem, to feel like, hey, I still want it. I'm still desirable because, hey, I know this person at home still wants me, but what about, you know, someone else out there? Can I still attract that person? Like, how much does that factor into, you know, cheating? I would say that it's probably a heavy factor in that, along with, because there are many factors when it comes to infidelity. I would say that probably is a big, one of the top ones, is that person may become in a routine or settled with that person, like you said, and kind of can finish finish each other's sentences, that kind of thing. However, I will venture to say that any long-term marriage or relationship you have to work at it. I compare relationships and marriage to a garden. It's got to be tended to. Otherwise, you have weeds and all this other junk that tends to get into it and are distractors and keep you from focusing on each other. So you've got to tend to a marriage every day. Like it's a daily thing to do. And for some people, that's too much. It's emotionally taxing for them. For some people, it becomes routine for them. So you have to work on it. and it, But it's easy. Dr. Faye is so easy, and I'm speaking from personal experience of, of raising two children who are two years apart and having a full-time career, and so does my husband. It's easy to get into a rut of not taking care of the couplehood. But you have to do that. You have to make time for each other because, one, one of these days you're going to be retired, hopefully. Two, the kids are going to be grown and gone, God willing. They're going to move on with their lives, and it's just going to be you two again. And I see that a lot where couples get into this routine of not taking care of each other till things just kind of start wavering. They they get settled into a routine, and before you know it, it does become boring. It's like we don't ever do anything. We just... You know, there's no spice, so to speak, to our relationship. So it's got to be a focus at all times. And uh, it is a lot of work to do that. But I would say that that's probably a, a big factor, one of the top ten of why infidelity occurs. Okay. And you also mentioned um, earlier about, you know, an emotional affair. Like how can one recognize signs that, their partner may, however they classify their relationship, is indeed having an emotional affair. Like, what experiences have you uh, witnessed when you're counseling couples um, and recognizing that, hey, you know, my partner's checked out? 
Yes, I would say one of the number one signs is that exactly. They're emotionally absent, and what that looks like is there's monotony. There's no interest. You all don't do anything anymore. If if you were the type of couple that had, you know, deep talks and were communicative with each other in a positive way, that's gone. Um, If they're stuck in front of that computer all the time, that's a huge sign. And, of course, these things all together in 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 a conclusive way, not one or the other, if that makes sense. So it all kind of has to be together, if you will. So if this person is staying up late to be on the computer or to be having to take phone calls in the other room, they're emotionally not there. They're not they don't seem interested in the same things anymore and don't seem interested in you. Definitely um there's some other things going on. And with emotional affairs, they they kind of mimic the same thing that someone that's having a sexual affair with someone else does. They're different factors, though. Like I said, that emotional absenteeism, if you will, and they're, they're talking about things with this other person that they wouldn't talk about with their spouse or their partner. That's where that emotional part comes in. They start having feelings for this other person and having there, – there is sexual chemistry there. As well, they may not have crossed that boundary into a physical relationship, but basically you're depending on this outside person more than you depend on your spouse emotionally. Um, and, and I've seen what I've seen with couples is, like I said, they're they're not there mentally. That's probably the number one thing that I've heard when it comes to emotional affairs is this person doesn't seem to be here anymore with me mentally. So which one do you think is more damning to a relationship? Is it the emotional affair because this person is like invested in this person, their well being, their welfare, or uh, is the physical uh, affair, you know, more more of a challenge to overcome than, say, the emotional affair? Because it's like, I don't know. I'm not a guy, of course. But, you know, it's been said that, you know, women, you know, they become more emotional after, say, a sexual encounter versus a guy who can basically still be in love with his wife, yet he can have a side piece across town or have a one-night stand and think absolutely nothing of it and come back home and be like, oh, okay, now I'm back to – you know, my regular schedule program. And that's true. And I think there definitely is a difference between men and women. Women, we, we're very emotional creatures. So definitely women can fall into that emotional affair realm. Either way, though, it can go either way for men or women. But to answer your question, I think all of it's damaging. I think physical, emotional, both are da- are equally damaging because they both are crossing boundaries that shouldn't be crossed. It's a trust issue that's being violated, and in some in some ways, safety is is comes into play. And that's when you have your STDs, when you have these other things. The other person, and I'm speaking of course physical affairs, but the other person gets pregnant or bringing something home to the wife or the husband, you know, all kinds of things that could happen. So I think it can be, it go, it could, they're equal as far as which one is more damaging. It's equal. Okay. So, like, okay, we've, we've delved into, 
you know, different types of affairs and the impact that they have. Okay, say for instance, now we move on. Okay, you recognize that the person has cheated, they've broken your heart. What's the best way to A, confront the person and B, to have some open dialogue and discussion to where it's productive? And I, I say this um, in the instance that, you know, I've had some friends and, you know, they've been cheating on and I've seen them where they moved on and simply because she said she addressed it with her husband and she never brought it up again. And I want I want to talk about that. When you feel hurt, you feel wounded in a relationship, is it is it healthy to keep bringing it up in your partner's face, like throwing it in his face, like, okay, well, you did X, Y, and Z when you have an argument versus still holding everything in if you haven't gotten over it, like, What's the best way to channel your frustration, your hurt, to making it something more productive if indeed you do want to move on with your relationship? Absolutely. Absolutely not bringing it up with every argument or every time you think about it. And that's what I'm talking about with the PTSD-type symptoms is that those reoccurring thoughts, it comes up. I had one couple um, that just came to mind that I was working with, and every time the wife, and the, the husband actually was the person that had the affair, every time the wife passed a particular store where the mistress or the outside person worked, she was triggered. She would start thinking, hey, that's where such and such works. And you know what? That such and such was supposed to be my best friend, which was the truth in this particular situation. And she slept with my husband. So she was triggered every time she went past that particular store. So one thing I tell couples or the main thing I say to them is that you've got to understand for the person that was cheated on, they've got to have time to heal. They've got to. If that means crying every time she passes Walgreens or whatever it is, she's got to have that time to to heal and to grieve, if you will, the marital relationship or the relationship prior to the infidelity being discovered. I make sure that the person that did the cheating understands that. It's going to take a little while. It's going to take a minute for this person to get past it. But I also let the person that was cheated on Help them to understand you cannot dwell on it. I mean, it's one thing to have reoccurring thoughts. Be open about it. When I've seen successful couples move beyond the affair or the infidelity is when they talk about it openly. Now, let me say that doesn't mean interrogate. I've seen that a lot as well. The person that was cheated on wants to interrogate. Well, tell me again why you cheated. What happened? Give me all the details. How many times did it happen? Where did it happen? Did you like it? Did it feel good? Did you Were you thinking about me? You know, it becomes this, I, I read some research somewhere where it, they alluded to it, that it becomes almost like a criminal in an investigator type situation. You can't do that either. Now, based on the couple, I do encourage that to be an open discussion. But I, I ask the person that was cheated on to weigh whether that's going to be beneficial or not. Do you really want to know how many times it happened? Do you really want to know where it happened? If they say, yes, I need to know that so I can move on, then we still kind of talk about those pros and cons. What good is it going to do? If anything, is going to, you know, it's already tough to move past this. That's just an added stress 
to think about, oh, well, he told me five times in the back of this Jeep that I bought for him. You know what I mean? So it kind of, it doesn't help in some situations. In some situations it does. So definitely an open dialogue about it between that couple. And if that person needs to talk about it every day for a little while, then talk about it every day. But eventually that should subside. Eventually it shouldn't be brought up every argument. It shouldn't be crying every day over it. But if it is, then there's something else going on, some depression, some anxiety, or just this person cannot move past it. And it may be time to move to the next step, which could be possible separation, individual counseling, you know, whatever that couple feels they need or that person feels that he or she needs. Let me ask you this. Since we're talking about transparency of transgressions, uh, is it is it better for whoever the offender is to put everything out in the open one time and be done with it or to do a piecemeal confession about whatever transpired between themselves and the other person? Like, which one do you feel is a healthier solution to moving forward? Absolutely, the healthier option is get it all out at one time. So many times I've had couples that were doing well and then husband, wife, spouse, whoever, partner finds something else and they're like, hey, wait a minute, John, I thought you told me everything. Oops, well, I didn't want to tell you that because of X, Y, and Z. And then you basically are taking that person back to square one where they're having to relive this whole thing all over again. So, again, with those PTSD symptoms or that trauma, because finding out that your your marriage, your relationship that you've been invested in is definitely a traumatic experience. So, absolutely, I try to encourage couples, please let's talk about all this at one time. Because if one thing, the main thing is if the spouse that wasn't, that was, that was cheated on, is rebuilding that trust, oh, good, things are going well, I'm starting to feel a little bit better, and then you hit them with something else, oh, by the way, that wasn't the only affair I had. What do you mean? You know, then it just, it just, that person feels, like I said, re-traumatized almost. It's like, well, goodness, why didn't you tell me that when I asked you, had you told me everything? So then it calls into, into question that trust, which we start from square one. We have to start over. And then that person is even less trustful and so forth and so on. So absolutely getting it all out at one time is the best. Yeah, I want to be able to compare. I know I've been focusing a lot on, you know, female responses to cheating, but let's talk about, you know, the guys a little bit. Do, in your experience, do guys respond similarly to infidelity like females? Like, would you suggest that a guy, if, you know, he rode past wherever, you know, something transpired between someone and his wife or girlfriend or whatever, would do you often hear about him being open and honest enough to say, yeah, I cried about it? Or how do guys process that? I would say my experience of course, with me as a therapist and that person feeling comfortable, I, I the, the males that I've worked with that have had infidelity in their marriage relationships, they have been very open about it. They're very honest about their pain, about it hurting. I would say they probably express it a little bit differently, maybe to that spouse 
or that partner, it's anger more than anything else. But in the safe space of a therapeutic setting, in a therapy room, they can be a lot more vulnerable. They can be open. They can say, you know, I've cried about this. And I think I would say the, the internal reaction for both male and females is probably about the same. I mean, anyone in that situation would call into question their character, who they are. Am I not good enough for her? Is this why she wants this ex-boyfriend? I think it, it calls into question a lot of insecurities for guys. And, and I would say males probably look at their manhood a little bit more than a woman would as far as I wasn't, you know, man enough to keep this woman or I'm supposed to be, you know, it's I should say traditional roles. You know, I'm supposed to be the provider for this family in this marriage or relationship, and I'm not able to do that for whatever reason. The main thing to remember for anyone that has experienced infidelity by their partner or spouse is that it's not your fault at all. There may have been some missing pieces to the relationship, but nobody made your spouse go out and do that. I know sometimes that's a myth of, well, you pushed me to this other woman or you pushed me to this other man. Not the case. You're a human being. You have choices. So I think men internalize that probably a little bit. You know, because women, let's just be honest, Dr. Faye, you have women that will cut slit tires. They'll call the other woman and curse them out. I mean, some crazy stuff that men may not necessarily do. They internalize it a lot more. And I would say males probably, quote, unquote, act out a little bit more with it. Like, well, I'll just go have an affair too, or I'm going to hang out all night and not come home kind of thing. True, true. Can't can't deny that one. I have seen uh, (laughs) craziness. Of course, via Facebook, when you uh, when she's really pissed off and let you know, you know what she's thinking or what her next move is. Um, that that was a great answer. Thank you so much for delving into that. I didn't want to focus too much on the females, but back to the girls, of course, girl power. Um, <laughs> so you know, we we everybody watches television, and we often think that that the next you know woman. Or um, or guy happens to be an upgrade, and I mean that in the physical sense of looking better than ourselves. But but then you see women like Holly Berry who get cheated on, and you're just trying to figure out like, wait, what's going on? So in your experience, again, like when people do decide to step out of their relationship, is it necessarily an upgrade? physically or like you said or there are other core issues because we often try to figure out well how in the heck can Holly Berry not keep a man like something's not right so of course we automatically blame her that she's crazy but I think you know (laughs) just for you looking into that in your profession like what do you really think goes on in those type of high power relationships or are they or there's nothing different between their relationship and say you know mine or yours Yes, I would agree with the last statement you made. There's no difference. You know, these celebrities and and entertainers are normal people. They're people. They're human, just like you and I. 
for Halle Berry, bless her heart, and Halle has has been vocal about her insecurities, and I'm not, I'm definitely not saying anyone or saying that Halle should be blamed for anything that's happened to her in her relationships whatsoever. But I think Halle has some, and not that I even know Halle personally, but just from my opinion of just seeing her over the years, I think Halle has struggled with a lot of internal things that spill over into her relationships for what, for whatever reason. Uh, you know, we're not in Halle's bedroom. We're not in her personal life, so can't really speak to that. But I would say their relationships are the same as, Anyone's as far as it being an upgrade, definitely not the case. I've had couples where they have a beautiful husband or beautiful wife, or I should say handsome husband or beautiful wife sitting in that session with them, but their other dress, whatever you want to call them, definitely is aesthetically not as nice looking as their spouse or their partner. So I think it depends on the couple and what they need. Um, One couple I'm thinking of in particular where the husband, they've been married probably almost 20 years, and the husband had another person, and the wife, I was seeing them individually, and the wife happened to show me a picture, and it's a long story how she has a picture of this other person, but she showed me a picture of the other person, and by no means were they even on the same level, and I don't say that to be ugly or negative, but this person, the outside person, was giving that husband something that he needed. When I talked to the husband, it was basically that he felt needed. And I know a lot of times, and that's a whole other can of worms for men, but even in my own personal experience, I have realized that men like to feel needed just like women do. So if they don't get that, if they're not, if that's one of the things that's missing in their relationship, then that could be grounds for I'm going to go outside and get that. I've seen where husbands have told me I've tried over and over again to tell my but, wife or my partner. But, uh-huh. but like, oh, I'm sorry. Don't you my think wife that's like my... adding insult to injury if you go out and cheat on me with a butterface? Like, seriously. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's a butterface. Yes, it like, is. Really? You, yes, just, you I, just, like, destroyed us for a butterface because you were in your feelings about, you know, whatever. I don't know. Like, it just seems, like, so odd to me. Of course, I'm not a guy or whatever, but I would feel like, you know, I wouldn't feel less as embarrassed. I probably be equally as hurt, but less as embarrassed if the person actually was equally as appealing or attractive, but you went out and got a butterface. Like, <laughs> that would make me insecure. Like, wait a minute. What, what am, am I slipping up here? Like, what is going on? I know, Dr. Faye. I completely understand and agree with you. However, you know, people, I guess they go for what they need more than anything else. <laughs> you hear that, listeners? If you agree. hear that, make sure your man feels needed. Because he might go yes. out and get a butterface. Because <laughs> listen, that butterface is letting is giving him what he needs, and that's what counts the most. Oh my goodness, that is too funny to me. Just too funny. <laughs> I know it's people do some crazy things, but absolutely, men 
need to feel needed. They like to feel needed and wanted, just like anyone would, I think. But I don't think we as women give men enough credit for that. I think we think, oh, they're, you know, they don't need to feel needed. They don't have a sensitive side, you know, that kind of thing. When men do, they're very... They're very sensitive creatures, whether they want to show that to you or not. Hopefully, if you're in a healthy relationship, you are able to see that softer side, so to speak. But, you know, society doesn't make that okay for men to show. So a lot of them hide it. True. That's very true. Speaking of hiding and concealing things, back to my battle of the sexes questions. So, you know, there's always this myth that people say, well, you know, Women cheat just as equally as men, but women are better at it. Uh, do you agree with that statement? And have women um, or clients admitted to having an affair that their husband doesn't know about, but, of course, he got busted, so he's, he's on the hot seat. But she's kind of like, hmm, yeah, I did my little thing on the side, but I'm a little bit smoother than you. Like, what, what are your thoughts on that? I would say it it just depends. I know I keep saying that, but it definitely is. uh, It depends on that person and the relationship. I will say another thing that I think we as women take for granted is that men are very observative creatures, especially if they're in love with that woman or, or, or a partner and they're used to that person's routine. They know when something is off. Definitely. I don't know if you've seen them. I'm sure we all have seen the movie Why Did I Get Married To? And Tyler Perry's character could tell his wife the day to the day and how many days before this particular conversation of when she started being really happy and and happy-go-lucky and changing the way she dressed and the type of perfume she wears. So I don't think we as women give men enough credit. They are watching they pay attention. They may not be as quick to say something as typically, not all the time, but typically women want to call it out right then. If they see a text message or an email or what have you, and you have men that they may not say anything. They may internalize that for a little while before they say something, whereas women get on the hunt. Okay, uh uh-huh. Let me see. I found this text message now. Let me see. Let me go through and mm, cologne is there. You know, <laughs> we go on this investigative thing. And you have some men that may do that as well. But for We're the pretty most good part, at it, you have to admit, we are pretty good at being oh, proud absolutely. of Oh, listen, we are. We are very good snoopers and we're very, um, very great investigators. We'll Google something, we'll get friends involved. Girl, tell me if you see this or that. Absolutely. Absolutely, but men are good at it too. They just, they just. I don't think they emphasize it as much. And sometimes men may be in a little bit of denial because then again, it comes back to their manhood, their insecurities. Like, well, no, maybe she's not, or maybe you know he's not cheating on me. Maybe it's something else in my mind that's going on. And I think that can go both ways as well. But you know, we as women, especially if it's been done to us in the past, oh, we're gonna hop on that. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I precluded everybody, including his mama. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Let's have a powwow. Let's talk about absolutely extracurricular activities. <laughs> so, and another, uh, my last um, line of questioning. Um, so, you know, for the couple who decides to 
call it quits um, due to like cheating or, you know, some bond being broken, do you think it's ever possible for them to be friends again? Yes, I do. I've seen that happen where they were able to be cordial with each other, especially if they have children. But even if they don't have children, I've seen where they can move on. Now, how long that takes depends on that couple or and or the people. But I have seen where they can come together and be friends. And if nothing else, they can be cordial for the, the children. And I would say if they are ready to call it quits, that it doesn't help to get professional help for that as well, to learn how to be cordial to each other, to learn how to co-parent if they have children and move on with their lives, because that's a tough decision and very scary to say, I want this 20-year or 15- or 10-year, however long relationship to end because of infidelity. Um, So all of it can be scary, whether to stay or whether to leave. But, yes, I have seen where they're able to come together and, and be cordial and um, and I would say part of that is, is letting go of the past and not being bitter. I've seen couples that have been bitter with an ex for years and years and years, and it doesn't make sense because that person's moved on with their life, gotten remarried or in another relationship or what have you, and you're still posting on Facebook about your ex, whatever. You know, you have to move on at some point, and you have to forgive. Forgiveness is a huge foundation of that, whether you decide to stay together or whether that couple decides to separate. You've got to have the forgiveness piece, both parties. The the person that cheated has to forgive themselves, him or herself, and the person that was cheated on has to forgive that person, but also recognize, hey, maybe I could have done something different to help this relationship be healthy. Once again, I'm not saying that it's anyone's fault for another person cheating, but there was some deficit somewhere, and it could have been just with that other person that cheated. The deficit could have been there. But keeping some of those things in mind, please don't hold on to grudges and bitterness. It doesn't help anyone, doesn't solve anything. I agree wholeheartedly. I think a lot of us struggle with uh, forgiveness because we feel like, you know, it's a sign of weakness or, you know, we're letting the other person off the hook. But truthfully, I think forgiveness is more so for the person who's been injured to be able to move on and thrive. And like you said, move on to a, a better life because that person who you're holding a grudge against probably A, doesn't know, B, doesn't care. And like you said, they've moved on. So I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Williams, thank you so much again for coming on to the show. Always love our adult girl conversations. Oh, absolutely. It was wonderful. Thank you so much for having me again. And before you uh, depart, can you tell the listeners out there where they can find you? I know you're not big on social media, but you know maybe you have a business page or some contact information for those who are looking to survive infidelity, transgressions, and just move on and rebuild their relationship? Absolutely. My email address is jlw1920 at gmail.com, and I am on LinkedIn, so you can just look me up, um, Jamie 
Osby Williams. Osby's my maiden name. And um, find me on LinkedIn as well. Excellent. Well, thank you guys for listening to another segment of the Brown Sugar and Spice Show. This was part two with Dr. Jamie Williams. You can follow us on Facebook at the Brown Sugar and Spice Show. I'm also on Instagram, um, LDY Superfly, or you can add me on at me on my Twitter handle at BSS Blog Radio. So once again, everybody, thank you, thank you, Dr. Williams, again, and I hope you all have a blessed evening. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. While he was scheming, I was dreaming in the beam of just scheming. Can't believe that I called my man cheating. So I found another way to make him pay for it all. So I went to Neiman Marcus on a shopping spree, and on my way I grabbed Sully and Mia. And as the cash box rang, I thought everything away. There goes the dreams we used to say. There goes the times we spent away. There goes the love I had, but she cheated on me, and that's for that now. There goes the house we made a home. There goes you'll never leave me alone. For all the lies you told, this is what you're all. Days when we used to trust each other.